0: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia
1: is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: Hey, everyone. This is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff, How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts.
1: It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting.
2: Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more.
1: Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Grown Up Stuff.
3: Grown
4: Up Stuff. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by Nitsa and the Ad Council.
5: Third, 2023, Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network, broadcasting live from Hope Fellowship Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We are, over the next couple of hours, we'll be talking about Bethune-Cookman University, the issues that have been taking place on this campus, uh, and hearing from students as well as from alumni. We also will hear from interim president uh, Dr. Drake as well. What is the future? Also, new football coach? Has one been hired? We'll answer all of those questions that's coming up next. It is time for us to bring the funk on Roller Barton Unfiltered on the Blackstone Network. Let's go. He's
6: got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics.
5: in the Beach, Florida, uh, for this uh, two-hour town hall conversation on the present and the future of Bethune-Cookman University. Of course, uh, all this controversy started uh, when uh, former coach, who actually was never really hired as coach, uh, Ed Reed, uh, really uh, sparked a lot of this uh, discussion in terms of the status of the university, uh, of course, he was not retained or hired by the university to the head football coach, uh, students, uh, and also f- football players were still believing in him, want him to be hired, but they said no, they're moving in a whole new direction. It was also what we've done over the past uh, couple of weeks really has been talking about what's been happening at this institution, one of the most revered HBCUs. And let me be real clear off the top because there's a whole bunch of people out here uh, who love running their miles and y'all know I got no problem jacking people up. So when, when, when people say, oh, you're trying to tear our school down and tear HBCUs down and you didn't go to an HBCU. well. You don't complain when somebody cut you a check who didn't go to HBCU. This is about improving and building black institutions. I told you in Dr. King's book, Where Do We Go From Here, Chaos of Community, he said there are four institutions that are a prime position to liberate black America. He said the Negro Church, we're in a Hope Fellowship Church here uh, in uh, Detonement Beach. Remember our first location, uh, Greater. uh, they actually canceled our town hall but y'all know we were not playing around we found one less than 24 hours later so we appreciate bishop allowing us to be here give it up and so there are folks who are saying oh you should be talking about this because you didn't go to one well if you don't like it you should start your own show but mlk see there are four institutions the negro church the negro press Negro fraternities and sororities and Negro professional and business organizations. What he said about the Negro press, he said, maintain your militancy and not fall for the conservative. And so when you're in black owned media, our job in black owned media is not to be always positive. Our job is to be truthful. And so if there are things that happen, y'all know my motto has always been, if you do good, I'll talk about you. If you do bad, I'll talk about you. At the end of the day, I'm going to talk about you. And that's exactly what it should be. And so what our responsibility when it comes to our institution is demanding accountability, demanding excellence, and not accepting what is less than. And so when we were sitting here having a conversation with uh, Dr. Drake, when he invited me to come to campus, I readily accepted. And I said to him, let's have A town hall on the campus with students, alumni, the board, bring everybody together. Well, that was later rescinded. No problem. Uh, Look, and and I fully expected that to happen, so we always had a plan B. And so we are here not to sit here and tear down Bethune-Cookman but to actually say, how do we make it better? How do we fulfill uh, the vision of Dr. Mayor McLeod Bethune? How do we sit here and confront the challenges that are facing HBCUs, but also strengthen them? Because the one thing that keeps driving me crazy when we discuss our black institutions, I'm tired of us having what I call survive conversations. We we, we always talk about surviving. Oh, you know, we, we, we make do with little and it's always survive. No, I want us to be having Thriving conversations. I want us fighting for our institutions to look as good or even better than Florida State or the University of Florida, which means that we have to use our collective power to be able to do so. So for the next two hours, we're going to talk with folks who are assembled here. And we'll talk about some of the issues and the challenges, but not just simply focus on the past, but also lay out a path forward. Because you have dissension going on. You have uh, the university soon, the Alumni Association is being disbanded. Uh, you've seen alumni uh, donations go down uh, tremendously. You've seen people who say, I want to help you. You're having students who are complaining about conditions in dorms and food and complaining about those things. That shouldn't be what's going on. Students should not have to be protesting on HBCUs for better conditions, they really are here to get an education. And so that's what we want to move forward. It's really focusing on those issues. And so I hope you let everybody know what's going on here. And I'll make this last point. And I appreciate mainstream media uh, being here. And I did an interview earlier, but here's the thing that we have to understand. And this is why black-owned media matters. And that is, we ain't here for a 90-second soundbite. This costs us thousands of dollars to be here. Ain't no sponsor paying for us to be here. But the reason we're here, because these are the types of stories that we must be talking about. And all the folks out there who call themselves new new media or, or black whatever they want to call themselves, if all you're doing is talking about what somebody else is doing, well, then you ain't legit. What this is about is for us as African-Americans using our collective wealth, our collective knowledge, to be able to improve our institutions and make them better, not just for us, but for our children's children. Because if somebody else 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago did not do what they did, we could not be even having this conversation today. And so with that, uh, we're going to go to a break. We're going to, again, have this conversation. Uh, we're going to start uh, with the interview I did with Dr. Drake because I, w- I want folks to hear our conversation, to hear what they say is being done to improve, and then we'll be able to use it as a basis for our conversation here at Hope Fellowship Church in Daytona Beach. So, again, got to go to a break. Glad to have everyone here. Folks, you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered live in Daytona Beach on the Black Star Network. Don't forget, download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Support us in our efforts by joining our Green Funk fan club. Check your money orders. Go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app dollar sign rm unfiltered PayPal's R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zell, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. Roland at Roland Martin And of course, and of course. Get a copy of my book, White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. Available at all bookstores, of course, all download on Audible as well. And if you're watching, everybody in this room as well, y'all know for the first time we were nominated for an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding News Special. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. Go to Outstanding News Category, select Roland Martin Unfiltered, Black Votes Matter 2022 Election Special. Vote for us. You can only use one email to vote. So if you got five emails, use five. <laughs> one email. So go to vote.naacpimageawards.net to support us so we can bring home. And look, we're the only black-owned media company nominated for an image award. Let's bring it home. I'll be right back. <laughs> Black Star Network is here. Oh, no punch! I'm a real uh, revolutionary right now. Uh, thank you for being the voice of Black America.
7: All the momentum we have now, we have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, there's a difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home, you dig?
10: Hi, I'm Israel Houghton. Apparently, the other message I did was not fun enough, so this is fun. You are watching... Roland Martin, my man, unfiltered.
5: Welcome back to Rolling Martin Unfiltered uh, here at the uh, Daytona Beach Hope Fellowship uh, Church uh, for our Bethune-Cookman Town Hall. So earlier today, uh, as soon as I landed, went right to campus and I interviewed the interim president, Dr. Drake, uh, about uh, the issues that we've been talking about on this show for the last uh, 10 days or so. And so here is uh, part one of our conversation that will set up the rest of our discussion here at the church, President Drake, you've had a uh, quite uh, an eventful um, I would say last seven to ten days. Um, I want to start first off uh, with um, communicating with your students. There was one thing that I've heard from so many students saying, not enough communication, not enough, not enough transparency. Uh, how are you dealing with that so they know what's going on on their campus? Yeah, yeah,
10: I, I would say that, you know, I would say the students in some ways are correct. Uh, We need to communicate more. A lot of things going behind the scenes, but what we've done is we've decided to create, and this is with taking the voices of the SGA and student government and other student leaders and saying, okay, let's design a way to ensure that the communication from the administration and anything, quite frankly, is consistent. Last night we held our first session with our freshman class. We're subsequently to do that with freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. That's part one. Part two is actually to have the subject matter experts for each of our major uh, areas of concern, housing, campus safety, et cetera, so that they get the subject matter experts in front of them and not just hear them, but also create an action item list, which is what we did last night.
5: Um, you you talk about those areas, um, one of the areas that, whether it's bethune cooking, whether it's any institution I've been dealing with uh, folks talk about food services uh, you've had some students who posted videos a mole and things along those lines yeah. what have you said to your personnel about what they have to do uh, because anytime a video gets posted a photo gets posted right. uh, look that, that can take off it can go
10: viral yep. uh, and so uh, what have you communicated to staff right right yeah so you know the um, The thing that I'm getting everybody used to is that we live in a digital world now. We don't live in an analog world. That means something can happen in a second. In the next second, it's viral, potentially. So what I said to staff is simply this. We have a third-party partner, um, and Sodexo is our third-party partner. They actually do our food service and dining, and they also do part uh, of our facilities leadership as well. We said to them, look, you need to be more careful and more diligent about that. And in fact, uh, I was just on the phone this morning at a 1030 meeting to discuss not only that issue, but any other issue with respect to what we receive from vendors. For example, prepackaged goods of any kind. So bread might come prepackaged. Broccoli might come prepackaged. You need to take the extra step of checking it. If you're getting food or vegetables, they might come pre-washed. Open up the bag and wash them again. If you got bread, look at the rack. Make sure the rack matches the date that it's supposed to be eaten by and not have some bread that might have been old, that might have been delivered from the vendor that you didn't check. So what kind of system are you putting in place to ensure that's happening? So if I had, I've had that conversation, and I feel very good about the leadership of that, particularly in the dining hall. Uh, that said, you know, you've got to inspect what you expect. So I'm going to be doing a regular check with them once a week and we're gonna have a session with their people to ensure that no hiccups. And if there are, I wanna know what we're doing about it.
5: Speaking of inspection, uh, housing, same thing. And so um, um, I've had folks sending me photos and videos saying, oh my goodness, we're seeing cleaning crews. We're seeing folks uh, going building the building. Uh, and so uh, explain what has been happening there in terms of assessing uh, facilities.
10: Yeah. So. We started about seven months ago when I took the job as interim president to, of assessing our facilities. Of course, what happened in the middle of that was two hurricanes. Um, when Ian happened, we were the first campus to evacuate. Um, some people thought that was foolish, but if you look sort of hindsight, it was a great decision. That said, we had to deal with the aftermath of that. Um, about $6 million worth of damage across the campus, depending upon how you add up the numbers. And so there was a lot of things left in the wake. Uh, and what we've been doing now is... Six million.
5: Did you get any federal assistance for that?
10: Not yet. But okay. we've applied to FEMA. Got uh, and, and they're walking us through the process. But quite frankly, you know, we have gotten some support from a lot of people who care about the campus and care about the university. So, you know, we've been very blessed about that. But of course, you know, it takes a lot to do, right? So we we actually started assessing each of of our facilities in a more comprehensive way. So it's not just what happened post hurricane, but what were the conditions before the hurricane? What are we doing about it? What can we do now cosmetically? So that's sort of, what's the first priorities that we can do? And then what do we need to do longer range? So in that assessment, it's age, building condition. Um, Not only the age and building condition, but what is the things that might be harmful to our students or might you know compromise the safety. So we've asked ourselves a number of questions about each facility. So we have a base list now of about sixty. We've got over a hundred buildings on campus. So now we're really getting aggressive about doing that, and the board has been very supportive uh, about making sure that we begin to prioritize these facilities in a in a really uh, aggressive way. and I'm very pleased with that. i couldn't I couldn't be more pleased with the with the support that we're getting.
5: So one of the things that uh, I had some parents reach out to talk about, again um locks on dorm room doors not not working properly shower heads and uh and then also dealing with um rodents or roaches and things along those lines and so w- w- have you been also looking examining your reporting procedures and not, not just in terms of um, uh, dorm folks, right. but also what are you saying to students uh, about how they use the facilities, because that, that obviously impacts uh, things as well.
10: Yeah, listen, you, you, hit a, you hit the big nail on the head that I talked about last night, and in fact, I was so, I was so proud of our freshman uh, class president, because she called out her classmates. She said, hey, you told the administration they need to be here to talk to you. Where are you? What are you saying? And what what I said to them was, look, we talk about accountability, as you know, or you may not know, but I want to share it with you, is that our core values are around first. That's faith, that's integrity, that's respect, that's service, and that's thirst for knowledge. So when you are, you know, doing something in your room, whether that's letting people in the dorm who shouldn't be there, whether that's propping open a back door, which keeps your, you know, your roommates and the other people in that building unsafe, or it's, you know, using uh, any kind of substance that is banned from the university because we have a no alcohol, no drug policy and no tolerance on both of those. If you're doing those things, you compromise our ability to do things to help you. So we try to we're we're talking about first, and we're creating sort of this idea of going back to our roots called BCU. We are first. We take those four, you know, those those key core values, and we build things in there like, for example, respect. Well, I don't want somebody living in a place that's uninhabitable. If we've got mold or mildew or things in it, let us know that because some of it we can see, some of it we can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it is there, then we want to take care of that because if we say we live to our core values as the administration, we got to hold you accountable to do the same thing. Respect means respect for you. Your roommate, respect for the other students in your facility. Those are going to be the way in which we also communicate to our student body things like the progress of our work across campus. So we use DCU We Are First as a way to frame how we continuously keep them abreast of what's happening on campus and what progress we're making.
5: So you're meeting obviously. So you're meeting with with your students. Um, how are you rep- repairing? this fractious relationship with your alumni. Mm-hmm. Uh this lawsuit is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh again, you've got alumni that's supportive uh of a university no matter what, but then you uh, but you have others who are saying, look, it's way too much friction yeah. uh and all and so what is happening there because certainly, you know, when you talked about going from twelve percent to one percent of giving, uh I mean that's that's huge.
10: Yeah. So, you know, I would say, you know, Roland, that's probably, you know, one of the thorniest issues that we um, continue to contend with, which is, you know, how do we bring community together when we have major disagreement about the community? Um, a little bit of context around this whole litigation and, and what it means is that you, you know, we had a longstanding uh, National Alumni Association had been around a long time. They've evolved over time, and two different models have evolved in terms of how they engage with the university. In the latter years, what's happened is you found that many of the university uh, chapters that were assigned, and as you know, when you have a authorized alumni association, they carry our our EIN number. Uh-huh. They are they carry our nonprofit. They're essentially an arm of the university. And what we discovered is that much of the Funds that we believed needed to come directly to the university simply weren't, we weren't able to substantiate. And in addition to that, because the tax receipt for those who gave needs to go to those people, if we can't substantiate where it came from, we can't exactly give a tax receipt for that. Well, that wasn't the worst part. The worst part was that some of our alumni decided, well, if we're not gonna carry and do the way we used to do it, then we'll create our own. And I have not a problem with people saying, you know, we believe in Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune. We want to continue to give scholarships to students, but you can't say you're then an alumni, official alumni association of the university because we own the marks and the trademarks and the seals. And the moment that you start using those things is the moment that we have to be in litigation to stop you from doing so. And that is the crux in part of our disagreement. Now, I'll grant you, I would love to see how we get this resolved. Unfortunately, because it's in litigation, We're gonna have to let it play out. But rest assured, we are inviting every alumni, regardless of what side of the fence you're on, to join us in trying to do the most important thing. The main thing is our students. Whether you like someone, you don't like a policy, you don't like something that the university is doing, that's one thing. But when you do that and it doesn't benefit the student, it doesn't really give the student the identity because every time those kinds of things happen, they compromise the credential that students are practically giving their life away, mortgaging part of it because of the debt they're going into. And you can't cheapen that degree. And every time this kind of thing happens, it hurts, it hurts those young people. Uh,
5: hold on a second. I'm going to take a break and come back. I'm going to pick up on that uh, in just a moment. Uh, you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, on the Black Star Network.
11: owens america's wealth coach and my new show get wealthy focuses on the things that your financial advisor and bank isn't telling you but you absolutely need to know so watch get wealthy on the black star network
10: this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine
2: what exactly are the duties of being a member of the wedding party?
1: All that plus so much more.
2: Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Grown Up Stuff
6: Check the backseat Check the backseat all right
5: Real uh, revolutionary right now. Uh, thank you for being the voice of Black America. All the momentum we have
7: now, we have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See this difference between Black Star Network and Black Owned Media and something like CNN. You can't
5: beat Black Owned Media and
7: be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? <sighs>
9: On a next, A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie, a relationship that we have to have. We're often afraid of it and don't like to talk about it. That's right. We're talking about our relationship with money. And here's the thing. Our relationship with money oftentimes determines whether we have it or not. The truth is you cannot change what you will not acknowledge. Balancing your relationship with your pocketbook. That's next on A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie, here at Black Star Network.
5: President Drake, before we went to the break, we are talking about alumni. Yes. So you're meeting with students. Yes. Uh, are you looking to do something similar across the country with alumni to bring them up to speed? Because, yeah, look, the, 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 look, the lawsuit is still going on, um, but uh, but surely there, there, there is some sort of path pathway for them to also uh, still be engaged. Yeah. So what is happening there?
10: Yeah, good question. So... Um, I've been doing a series of fireside chats around the country uh, and they have been we've been you know well received. Our Director of Alumni Affairs has done an outstanding job of sort of redirecting some of that energy into what we can do in the future together and uh, next week we'll be holding a national alumni um, town hall for all alumni. The only thing you have to do is prove that you're an alum. <laughs> so we're going to have a system by checking and making sure your names, available to us and our alumni roster. But if you are, you'll come in and I will walk them through the same thing I'm talking to our students about. They'll have a chance using a QR code to actually ask their questions in advance. And then we'll have, of course, the opportunity to chat to answer more questions that will be moderated. But, but I want to talk to them. I want to hear what they have to say. Um, not in, a, not in a, a gripe session, of course, but in a session that really we can have some constructive conversation about what has taken place what the future can look like, because, you know, I'm I'm kind of one of those people that I'd love to focus on what the future looks like. Got to deal with the present. You can't ignore that. But the future of our university and the future of many of our students is based on how well we begin to lay the groundwork for them. And the more time we spend on individual agendas, it's hard to focus on their agenda. And their agenda is making sure they have the credentials to go out and compete in the world.
5: So you're talking the future. Um, so I'm traveling yesterday and I see a tweet that you have a new football coach. Uh, and then all of a sudden the tweet disappears. All right. So what, 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 what the heck is going on? What's that about, do, right? do, do you, do you have a new coach or not?
10: Yeah. So, so we, we are really excited about, um, our new candidate. That's that we are, um, uh, about to hire. The only thing that's You know we're being careful about is that it does have to be ratified his contract has to be ratified by the board but barring that we do have a new football coach which we're really 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 excited about he's a great guy and you know he has the christian ethos in his blood he's an alum and we're really excited about him but all of that will become more public next week and we want to hold an official press conference and we we know that you know once he sent his tweet out and then once it was on facebook it was over so now that the cat's out the bag, now we have to say, okay, you know, but we really do want to have a formal announcement of his coming and, and give him the spotlight that a new head coach deserves. So how are you, how, how are
5: you getting control of that to where folk understand uh, procedures, practices? Look, I get it. Uh, there's someone who uh, we've been working on a show on my network who posted on social media, and I was like, uh, did you see me posted? I didn't. Right. uh and so uh, that, that also is a part of institutional standards yeah. practices and procedures
10: yeah yeah so you know one of the one of our uh, our areas of growth is again recognizing we're in a digital world now and what that simply means for us is we got to have people to monitor digital behavior but we need practices and policies that we need to share with our employees when they come to work here and also those who are here already about how social media needs to be used and how it's governed by the institution. Uh, We haven't, quite frankly, haven't been aggressive in that. And uh, we're gonna get a lot more granular and precise about what we ask and expect our employees and our students to do. And and with all this, stuff that has happened, has this also
5: caused you to be even more thorough in looking at and, and raising the question, do you have the personnel needed to go to the next level? There was a CEO who once said, the people that made me a $500 million a year corporation can't take me to a billion. Uh, And this is one of the hardest things for a lot of people, coming in saying, you know what? You're a nice person, you've been great, but actually it's time for you to go because you can't elevate the institution. Yeah. Are are you? That's why are you, so as you looking at buildings? Yeah. Are you looking at people the same yeah, way?
10: Absolutely. And uh, you know, we just uh, we just hired a new C a CFO. We're going to be hiring a new CIO. Uh, we we want to ensure that we're building a team of professionals who have experience, but more importantly, that they have the forward thinking capability. Because you're absolutely right. You know, it, it's one thing to have an idea, but if somebody can't help get you to the next level to make that idea come to reality. And it's not really something you should even focus on. And I I think that, you know, Bethune-Cookman University came through such a rough time in its history, uh, a few years ago. And thankfully, there were some people who really took it to heart to try to ensure that the university got back on stable footing. Well, good news is that we are on stable footing. We do have a way forward. Now, we gotta build the right team, right people, get the right things in place so we can move forward. And I think this was a wake-up call that we need to move fast. Moving slower is not an option right
5: now. uh, I saw a a tweet uh, from several people, including Ed Reed, about one of your football players Mm -hmm. uh, being uh, suspended. Uh, First of all, is that true? And what happened?
10: So uh, he was disciplined, um, and the discipline really was as a result of— Is he still on scholarship? To my knowledge, I don't think he's lost his scholarship. Okay. Um, But I do believe that um, the violations were more around things he was asked not to do, and he did. And that's what the code of conduct says here. So, you know, we we didn't penalize him, as might have been reported, for speaking out because, (laughs) trust me, you know, I had 300 students speaking out, and you can't get rid of all them. Nor would I want to, by the way. Um, I think that it was just a situation where he... It was a judgment call for him. It was a judgment call for his coaches. They made the call.
5: And it was because you had had a players-only meeting, and so what? Yeah. Uh, They were told not to record. and He recorded it?
10: Yeah, yeah, And he was asked not to record it. And that was because... And by the way, he was admonished by some of his his players as well, his teammates. So, you know, look, we got to have rules. Uh, We don't have enough, and sometimes we have too much. I think for that particular uh, event... You know, we were trying to ensure that it stayed in the family so we could work it through. You know, I don't, I don't. Uh, you can't come and call my house nasty and then ask me, can you spend the night? <laughs> you know, fundamentally, we needed people who, who were able to focus on what we needed to do for our football team. And the players that were there, those uh, alumni players did it gosh, I just thank God for them because they were able to come in and talk to the players in a language that I can't speak, quite honestly, to them. And I'm grateful that we had a great meeting. And we're off to a great start. They're, they're working. And once, uh, once our coach is in place and he begins to assemble the staff, he's a great recruiter, uh, we're going to be fine.
5: Where are you in terms of practice field on the campus? My understanding, you're spending thousands of dollars transporting players back and forth to the stadium yeah. uh, as opposed to being on campus and also uh, on campus locker rooms, showers, things on those lines. Yeah. Status
10: of that? Yeah, so – We have what's called the ATC, which essentially is the Athletic Training Center, which sits at the corner of uh, International Speedway Boulevard and uh, Lincoln Avenue. There is that building and that land behind that building, which is where we want to build that practice field on campus and lockers and showers. We have two adjacent buildings that have not been used that we want to convert so that that also has weight rooms and other kinds of facilities for our athletes. We're going to put up the seed capital for that. Was gonna cost there. it? We're thinking somewhere about two million, um, but that's that's sort of a preliminary cost. We got a lot of work to do, but we're working on the architectural drawings now. Our goal is to try to have that facility up and running by the end of the summer, but we're excited about that. That's gonna be fun for our athletes, and the other thing we could do is we wanna keep them from having to cross the street. So we wanna be able to make sure that everything's all in one place so when they do cross the street, they're actually going back to their residence home.
5: What's the biggest thing that you have learned from this um, experience? The hiring of Ed Reed, then choosing not to retain him, and all the controversy uh, that's that's, uh, that's ensued.
10: I learned a lot of things, I mean, um, you know, I consider myself to be a lifelong learner, so that means, you know, I I never think that uh, I have all the answers to all the questions, because I don't. Um, but what I do do believe is that um, there's some things we could have handled better. I think we should have been ahead of our, our work and communicated to the campus more about what we were doing with our facilities. It could have cut down on a lot of stuff. I think that um, while hiring Ed Reed, uh, and not hiring, actually, but in negotiations with him, um, you listen, you know, he was a, a fantastic player, and I think that uh, his intentions were, were good. I don't think that he wanted to harm the program or the university. Um, I think that it's just not a good fit, and sometimes you got to get ahead of that. I wish we would have been a little bit more ahead of that. Uh, third thing is, is that um, transparency... And excessive communication sometimes works better. Uh, sometimes you don't think you need to communicate when you really do need to communicate. So things like ensuring that our financials, uh, people understanding that we're not only solvent and in the black, but that you know the CARES Act funding and the money that we were given by the federal government will steward it well. Uh, and you made that public. Yes. Uh, 60% of that money uh, went to students. It's on your what, website? It's on our website. But we gotta make, you know, we've been thinking about how do we break it down so the average person can understand. Mm -hmm. And we're working on that because it's not just about putting it on our site. We gotta say, okay, we just spent $66 million, 60% of that went to students and to repay their debt so they could stay in school. Many of them were carrying forward debt and we wanted to pay that off and use that as funds. And the rest of it went to actually instruction new faculty, or existing faculty creating programming that allowed our our curriculum to expand. Um, Those are things that I wish we would have done sooner. Didn't think about it, but now we know the importance of doing it.
5: Last question. Um, There's someone out there who's saying, hmm, I'm not sure if I want to send my my child to Bethune Cookman. Or the alumni who's saying, I'm not sure I want to send my money. Um, What do you say to that person?
10: Both of those people. (laughs) So the first person I'd say is the parent is, you know, before you make the decision, talk to us. Come see our campus, spend some time with our admissions people. See if the culture here for your daughter or son makes sense for your family. Um, Because, you know, you got to take a look, see uh, my daughter, uh, I took her to see my alma mater when she was getting ready to go to college, one of my daughters. She looked at the campus she said, not doing it, Dad, sorry. <laughs> I know you want me to be a legacy kid, but this is not what I want to be. She ended up at FAM. Um So I want them to, to come and feel the campus for themselves, meet the people, meet this community. Uh, Daytona Beach is a welcoming community in this environment that we have, and we want them to feel like this is a place they can be. For the one that says I don't want to send my money or I'm not sure I should send my money, I would say, listen, I can't tell you where to send your money, but if you have an interest in investing in kids that need a future, then this is there's no better place to invest in here.
5: All right. Well, we'll look forward to see uh, what happens uh, over the next several months uh, and then uh, th- tell that story as well.
10: Keep us honest. Thank you. All right. Appreciate Thank it. You. Appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Thank, Thank you.
5: All right. When we come back to Hope, Fellowship, we will talk with students here, get their reaction to what the president had to say, uh, and talk about the path forward for Bethune-Cookman University. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered at this live community town hall here in Daytona Beach, Florida, right here on the Black Star Network. Black Star Network is... Oh, no punch! A real the voice of Black Americans. All the
7: momentum we have now, we have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, this the difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home, you dig?
9: On a next, A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie, a relationship that we have to have. We're often afraid of it and don't like to talk about it. That's right. We're talking about our relationship with money. And here's the thing. Our relationship with money oftentimes determines whether we have it or not. The truth is you cannot change what you will not acknowledge. Balancing your relationship with your pocketbook. That's next on A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie, here at Black Star Network.
12: 54th NAACP Image Awards is airing live on February 25th, honoring outstanding performances in film, television, theater, music, and literature. But this year, Roland Martin Unfiltered is nominated for Outstanding News or Information Series or Special. To vote, head to NAACPImageAwards.net, scroll down to Outstanding News slash Information Series, select the category. You have to click on hashtag Roland Martin Unfiltered Black Votes Matter election night coverage. To submit your vote, you will need an email. Only one vote allowed per email. Voting ends on February 10th at 9 p.m. Vote today.
6: Hi, how doing? It's your favorite funny girl, Amanda Seal. Hi, I'm
13: Anthony Brown from Anthony Brown and Group Therapy. What Lana? Well, and you are watching Rolling Martin Unfiltered. Why are we early? They haven't even. They
5: have
1: We're going to figure out the benefits of a high-yield savings account.
2: And what exactly are the duties of being a member of the wedding party?
1: All that plus so much more.
2: Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Grown Up Stuff.
6: Check the backseat.
5: We supposed to play this thing coming back but we didn't play it now y'all can clap go ahead (laughs) don't make me cuss in this church carol don't make me (laughs) Uh, y'all come on i look at she over there i i I got i got a mess with it gotta mess with all right y'all let me introduce uh, our students here folks uh uh, joining us right now on my uh on the far end Censoria mckay she's a member of the band a junior here bethune cookman Dalen Sims. Dalen Sims, former Mr. Sophomore uh, e- uh, elect, also, uh, well, he's a sophomore. Uh, and uh, Maya Walker, Bethune Cookman uh, senior as well. So give it up for uh, y'all students. All right, so first of all, I should you to explain the Hail Mary uh, hashtag Ed Reed was right, hashtag buy, buy Belvin shirts. Y'all have them on here, so uh, whose idea was that?
13: So the idea was, it was a collection of students, also also alumni. Um, Hail Mary, they had a, um, a protest back in 2018, I believe so, 2017. And that was to get a new board of trustees, new president. And they saw very good push to it. So we wanted to pay back off the, of their success. Also with, um, Harry was right. It was right in the fact that we had conditions that under conditions on campus and also that we need unique change and by bye Belvin basically means we want a whole new board trustees and we hope we want them period <laughs> and we know that it starts at the top and the top is board trustees and board chair in Paris so we want all of them gone and <laughs> And we want a new book trustees where alumni can pick it. Students, faculty, and staff can also help out and pick a book trustees that it is for, but the equipment, not for their own pockets.
5: So I'm going to get to <laughs> I'm going to get to the board in a second here, uh, but I do want to uh, talk about something the president did did say. Uh, uh, control room, pull up the, uh, the the post that I sent y'all. Uh, and so uh, this went out yesterday. Uh, where uh, Coach Woody uh, actually tweeted that he was uh, coming to Bethune-Cookman. And this was the uh, tweet here. It went up on his Facebook page, then Twitter. Well, he had to take it down uh, because he wasn't authorized to post it. Uh, And so the president said that they'll be making the announcement next week. And so uh, either one of you, again, uh, your thoughts on the fact that uh the universe is moving forward that ed reed will not be the head coach here bethune cookman they've chosen someone else
13: okay so um it's sad to see ed Reed go because coach reed he wanted to change for us he saw that bethune Cookman needed to change. he wanted to change not for the football team but for the whole school so it's sad to see him go but you know we have to keep moving on at the end of the day because at the end of the day bethune cookman is a business and you have to keep the business running
14: um, I just want to say that with Ed Reed, Ed Reed came in and it wasn't like he had this selfish attitude. It was no what selfish. It wasn't that, oh, I'm just here strictly for the football team. It was really just, I'm here for the school. It's time to turn things around. Like, you're here to make a change. And for him to go, it's just, it's sad. So, like, with the new football coach coming in, it's really going to have to, you're going to have to pick back up um, off where Ed Reed left off at. And if you can't do that, then it's just, On to the next person.
5: When you, do you believe that uh, the comments made by Ed, do you believe that that uh, gave new life to the student, it it empowered folks to be able uh, to freely speak out about what they uh, are concerned about? I mean, there were previous protests in in other years, but what I kept hearing from folks uh, saying is that when he made those comments on social media, that it really spurred others to say, you know what, I need to use my voice.
15: Yes, um, his comments did create a spark in the protest of Hail Mary part two. Um, It it needed to be said because students have been gone long enough from being unheard by the university and it was just time to make a change. So one thing about bethune cookman they hate bad press. So for us to get to them is to go to the media it's to say, hey, we have boat in our dorms. It's to say we, are, we have rats. We're getting sick by it. Because how many times do we have to complain for you to do something and nothing is being done?
5: Now, when you, now, 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 now when you say complain, here's what I'm, I'm curious about. Uh, who are you complaining to? What is the process? Uh, you know, Is there a formal process uh, when it comes to the issue that you're talking about?
15: We complain to maintenance. So people that stay in phase or these different dorms they complain to maintenance but
5: Right, maintenance. but what you're talking directly to maintenance, what I'm saying is is it a, is it the worker, is it their boss, is it the supervisor or is there an administration administrative person who you are able to uh, communicate with who's directly over them?
15: It's a work form, so we don't know who we're um, talking to. It's just a form that we send in.
5: It's to, a form you fill out. Yes, it's a form you
15: fill out and that we send.
14: Um like Maya said, it is a form that you fill out and you send in, and depending on the severity of it is how the response time is. With mold, for me personally, um, this being my third year, me putting in a work order for mold, I probably won't see nobody in my room doing something about it until maybe three, four weeks, almost a whole month, because it's always the issue of, oh, you could take bleach and spray at it and it'll come off, but it grows right back. Or they come in and paint right over it and cover up the mess that is still there that continuously make people sick um with even with the maintenance coming to fix it um the form that's being put out it's just it's not it's not enough response time like the fastness of it going out and actually having it being done and not just covering up just to cover it up
5: if you look at the, the various issues, I and mean, there are a number of issues that folks have talked about, what would, you, would housing be or the conditions in housing be the dominant issue among students?
13: I believe housing would be number one just because of that. that's our home away from home. We're there most of the time out of the year beside our breaks. Or if we're there for the summer, we're there for the whole summer break. But that's, that's our home away from home. So if we can't live in our home away from home, it's like, I might as well just go back home and not come back to school and our community we want to get our education and they want to help make sure our families our family and families are all straight so we want to make sure we get our education and live a good life
5: you talked about um uh, the mold issue taking three uh th- three four, four four weeks um again that communicating to other folks as well you said folks have uh, gotten sick i received an email from a parent Uh, who talked about uh their child had to go to uh, the hospital because she had breathing issues uh as a result uh have you heard that from other students who have been impacted
14: i have heard that from other students and i've also have dealt with it myself um even though i'm not um i don't have asthma i still have gotten sick from the mold because not only does the mold sits on our walls it we shower in it we breathe in it from the air vents it literally sits in every crack and crevice in the dorm, so i have heard and i've also experienced it also being sick just from the mold and the mildew that builds up in our
5: rooms so you heard the president talk about um uh, already they've already inspected 60 of the 100 buildings and they've had uh crews uh, on campus first of all have you have you seen that in the past uh, seven to ten days
13: yes so when so before you said you was coming to coming to do um a town hall meeting. in Nobody was really out there cleaning. They were just doing their regular cleaning. Then i say on Monday, or even Friday, they got a cut in high gear. They've been out every day. (laughs) They've been cleaning, going from dorm to dorm. You
5: trying to say we made them do some cleaning? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah.
13: (laughs) They've been going from dorm to dorm, seeing everybody's okay, seeing what what do you need done, because they knew knew you were coming to them equipment. We're not coming, but you was in the area.
5: You smiled when I when I raised that question. Go ahead.
15: Yes, because I just feel like it shouldn't take all of that. Mm-hmm. It should not take for us to complain and for us to go to the media for y'all to do what y'all supposed to do. Y'all know the school is a mess. Y'all know we got motor in our dorms. Y'all know these goods need to be paid. Just do what you gotta do and then we'll be quiet. That's just that's just point
4: blank, period.
14: I want to say that with what she just said, some of us, and and I'm speaking for me personally, some of us didn't even have the option to stay in a dorm that we wanted to stay in. Um, People who have high GPAs, like 3.0s or higher, they've had to be forced into uh, the honors dorm. Um, I stay in Lee Ryan, and when I say it's been... It's been a challenge because this is supposed to be an honor dorm. We work hard for our GPAs and we're living in filthy conditions to the point where ceilings are not being fixed. Water is coming in through our ceilings. We didn't have no choice but to stay in there. Like there was no other option. It was strictly you got this GPA, you got to stay in there live with it, deal with it. That's how it felt. So like, said well, it shouldn't have to take all of that to really fix the problem, honestly.
13: So go ahead. Let me piggyback on what sister said. Um I know in Lee Ryan you got to the, have any AC for since July. Since since July? Mm-hmm. So they haven't had any AC since since July. Who who hasn't had AC? Lee Ryan. It's the it's the honors dorm building. They haven't had any AC since July. So you
5: said the on, the honors building hasn't had air conditioning since July.
13: Yeah, they have they have an AC now.
5: I've been in there since July because I stayed on
14: campus for a summer program and when I got moved into my um um housing assignment for the school year. I didn't have no air, and mind you, I have a service animal. So imagine living in that, being in band practice and coming back into a hot sauna room, literally a sauna, and it's high hopes of we're going to get this air conditioning fixed, we're going to make sure we do this, we're going to make sure you do that. You giving us high hopes, but there's no work being done. It's it's a lot of talk, but not a lot of work coming behind it.
8: Um.
5: We were talking to, as we were talking about, uh, that, uh, and obviously the universe was impacted, uh, by the hurricanes, uh, but you have been here. You've been here. What was it like before the hurricanes? Because I mean, obviously, I mean, I get, look, i i I'm from Houston. I've lived through multiple hurricanes, knocking our power out uh, for two weeks, uh, and having bad conditions. But did these issues predate, the hurricanes that impacted this university?
14: I say yes because of the fact that even us coming back from the hurricane um there was things put out on social media um things that was said by staff that were when we come back xyz abc is going to be fixed because you know the effect on the hurricane some um I know for my daughter Lee Ryan the back wing of that dorm from the third all the way to the first has been completely like affected to the point where people have had, had to move out because of the damage that came from the hurricane. Other rooms, not so much, but just the fact that you say we're going to have this, um, we're going to have AC units, we're going to make sure that you know um, certain things are going to be taken care of before we come back, because we was out for I think maybe two, three weeks, two, three weeks at the most. Even with that the campus was still being um it was still being cleaned up but it was still enough time for something to be changed and coming back and there's nothing to be changed it's just like what was y'all doing
13: And to the dorm like the modern dorms there was modern dorms before the hurricanes mm-hmm. So <laughs> term President Drake he cannot say the hurricanes caused mold, because hurricanes are not caused mold. The mold was here before both hurricanes came to Florida.
14: Even with that, we, and I keep talking about my dorm, but I'm just using it for where I live at. Right, right, um, You're expressing me, your experience. Personally, even with the um, the no air, with the no air, we ended up begging to get some type of fan. We didn't get a fan till literally the middle of fall semester. Like, an actual box fan. It did some. It did somewhat help, but we didn't get an actual AC unit, like, a portable AC unit in our room until right before Hurricane Ian. And then when we came back, it was gone.
5: <laughs> Literally, it was gone. And so, as you laid this out, what are your parents saying?
15: <clears throat> Hurry up and get out of there. That's what she's telling me. Hurry up and get
5: out of there. <laughs> You're laughing so clearly.
14: Oh, For my parent, it's very much what Maya said. It's, it's it's time for you to go. Like, it's time to get up out of there because you shouldn't have to live in your home away from home in that type of condition. You're paying all of this money out to the university. And where is the money going for our living conditions? <laughs> So, yes, my my parent, by her being a single mother, and it's frustrating to know that I'm constantly worried about my child's safety, my child's health, you can't sleep like that. You can't, as a parent, you can't sleep like that. So, like Maya said, my parent is basically like, "It's you gotta find a way to get up out of there.
5: And you're graduating when?
15: Next spring.
5: So you got- I got nothing, a whole, got whole year. year. So, uh, so what, you trying to get me to come back every week so you can make sure stuff is (laughs) straight?
15: If if you must, please.
5: (laughs) All right, hold tight one second. We gotta go to a break, folks. We come back, we'll continue our conversation. Uh, I do wanna uh, talk about uh, the uh, conversation last night that the president had with the freshman class uh, and what their plans are communicating uh, with the various constituents uh, on the campus. Folks, you're watching a special town hall here, community town hall at Hope Fellowship Church. In Daytona Beach, Florida, uh, this uh, town hall focused on Bethune-Cookman. Uh, we'll be right back on Roland Martin culture from the Black Star Network.
2: Hey, everyone. This is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff, How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts.
1: It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting.
2: What exactly are the duties of being a member of the wedding party?
1: All that plus so much more.
2: Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Grown Up Stuff.
4: Snakes. Zombies. Sharks. Heights. Speaking in public. The list of fears is endless.
7: Next on The Black Table, with me, Greg Carr. An hour of living history with Dr. Richard Mariba Kelsey, thinker, builder, author, and one of the most important and impactful elders in the African American community. He reflects on his full and rich life and shares his incomparable wisdom about our past, present, and future. African genius is, is, is saying that my uncle was a genius, my brother was a genius, my neighbor was a genius. I think we ought to drill that in ourselves and move ahead rather than believing that I got it. That's next on The Black Table, here on the Black Star Network.
8: Most people think that these television shows that that tell stories about who we are as black men, and then they paint these monolithic portraits of us, they think that they're being painted by white people, and I gotta tell you, there are a whole bunch of black folk that are are the creators, the head writers, the directors of all of these shows and that are still
10: painting us as monoliths. The people don't really wanna have this conversation. No, they don't. (laughs)
0: I'm Arnaz J. Black TV does matter, dang it.
10: Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now.
5: E- Stay woke. folks, welcome back to Hope Fellowship Church here in Daytona Beach, uh, Florida for our Bethune-Cookman Town Hall. We're talking with some students here. We got a packed house here uh, of students and uh, alumni and the community folks here. Uh, And so everybody wave. Everybody wave. All right. Glad to see everybody here. Uh, Glad to see you for this conversation. Um, We we, we played the interview there uh, of uh, President Drake. So uh, I'm curious. So last night uh, they had uh, he said they had a meeting with uh, the freshman class. How many folks showed up?
15: Had to be like less than 20.
5: Now, just it, it, who, it, anyone just give me a number. How many freshmen are on this campus? So the, the,
13: just, just give me, just the freshmen, give me a just roundabout number. Go ahead. The freshman class is the biggest class we have on campus right now. Huh? Is the biggest class we have on campus right now. Yeah,
5: what? Five, six hundred, seven no, hundred? Oh, like a thousand. a thousand.
13: So a thousand. A
5: thousand. Okay. So 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 here's here's my problem. Here's my problem. Your folks have been protesting conditions on campus, complaining about a number of things. I had the student leaders on my show saying they had not met face to face with the president since August. For the first opportunity to sit and meet the president, 20 out of a thousand show up. Yes, sir. That's a problem. Because if you're talking about confronting leadership and demanding change, folk got to show up and speak their mind and challenge the administration. Because I'll tell you, if 20 out of 1,000 show up, a bunch of other folks will say, we good, I'm going to move on. What did you say to those freshmen?
15: I would just say, you know, we did all this talk. We did all this work. The, all the media came out. The news stations come out. You still need to speak your mind. Don't be afraid to go out there and say what you need to say. Don't be afraid to say, hey, this is what's going on in my room. I got more here. Don't be afraid to say, go out and speak your mind.
14: Uh, I would say that freshmen, even though you guys are fresh on this campus, y'all still have a voice, just like the rest of the student bodies. So don't ever feel like your voice is not heard. Yes, we had a protest, but a protest is not enough to do what we need to, the changes that we need to have happen on this campus. So yes, we had a protest, we did all of that, But showing up to these town hall meetings is very, very important because this is where you get a chance to see the president. You get a chance to speak what you need to speak instead of just, oh, I went to a protest. I did what I need to do. I'm going back to my room because at that point it's just like, like it was said, you know what? My job here is done. So you have a voice. Use it. Don't feel like you you're the youngest on campus that you don't have a voice and you can't use it. Use your voice.
5: But also I think it goes beyond just being able to go to go there and speak your piece. Um, information gathering is also important, uh, and the fact of the matter is, uh, well my favorite phrase is, "When you don't know, you don't know," uh, and there are, there are there are a lot of folks who actually don't know. Uh, I've got questions in my pocket. I've had people emailing me and folks like, "Well, where is this and where is that and what's going on?" Well, if you never have an opportunity, and look, I'm challenging the president. He readily admits they have not communicated enough with students and being transparent about what's going on um you know when he said that 60 percent uh of the uh the funds uh that came from uh the um uh, from the federal government uh was used to pay uh, to pay, pay down uh, student debt i said wow first of all that's a story they should have been telling folk that's kind of kind of important to actually share with folk other universities have done that I know. i know at fisk uh, they actually gave stipends to folks that pay down their debt. Some other the HBCUs did that as well. Uh, but that's information that needs to be shared. But if we're going to have, again, this, this type of conversation, and we're talking about demanding change, then leaders have to lead. And they have to tell folk, you can't sit on the sidelines and not say anything. You must ask questions, make demands, but also get information so you know actually what's going on. So that was the freshman class. This becoming a sophomore class. Yes, sir. What you going to do? I'm going to be there. Front row. How many other sophomores in here? And how and how are you also going to challenge others uh, to say, look, you need to be there to directly speak to the president and the administration?
13: Right. So I'm like talking to my peers, say, We've been there we've been, we've been for two years. We, ever since we got here, we've been having problems with our dorms or with, with Studexo or anything going on campus. So we have to be there.
5: Now, when you were listening to the interview, uh, there were a lot of groans, folks like, uh, uh, not happy with a number of different things uh, that uh, the president said. Uh, were any of you aware of how the American Rescue Plan funds or the COVID relief funds were actually used uh, when the president says 60% worth the student debt.
13: I did not. I didn't even know that we got um, any money from the America um, Rescue Plan because we are a private institution.
5: No, no, no. Uh, so the reality is, um, the reality is, I, I, I this is my show. so the, about 6.5 billion dollars uh, went to a variety of HBCUs, um, and we can thank Congressman Jim Clyburn, Congressman Bobby Scott, uh, Congresswoman Alma Adams uh, for that. Uh, and the reality is, Bethune Cookman, out of the seven, out of the actually about eight or ten different uh, bills, received about $68 million. And so this funding, so you're talking about it, it was COVID, and so it was a number of institutions. They were public and private. So it wasn't just uh, pu- public institutions. Uh, yeah, 60, see, that's why you gotta watch Roland Martin unfiltered, because we broke it down. Uh, and so, but, but that was, that was, again, that was just Bethune Cookman. Uh, if I pull the numbers up, uh, in a second, Florida AM, I, I I believe received uh, about 170 or so million dollars. And so, again, all the HBCUs combined were about 6.5 billion dollars. Uh, and so, again, so what he says, 60% went to paying down student debt, 40% went to instruction. That's a perfect example. One, the university should have been explaining that. Uh, but, but how many of you even knew where that money went? I got well one person back there, one person back there. So I see, I see a second person. Uh, so, so you aware? Go. Cool. So, so, so how were you aware? Hold on one second. Let me go here yeah, yeah. I'm gonna walk over here. We got it right here. Are we working. All right. So, so you, so you stand up. So you aware? So what? You read it somewhere? You asked somebody? Um. I got it. Okay. I got it.
15: Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, I believe that was in 2020 or 2021. Um, they had us sign up um, to get the money, basically. So if you didn't sign up, I think they gave the students around $2,000. But everyone that did sign up, they gave us $10,000 to go towards our balance. It was a little bit over $10,000. They gave it out to the students.
13: Okay.
5: Now, she knew. That, did you get the $10,000?
15: Yes, I did.
5: Okay. Who else in here uh, got some of their student debt uh, lowered as a result of that funds? Raise your hand. One, that that's it? I think
15: it's yeah,
14: that's,
5: Y'all, y'all got to read the signs. Uh, go ahead.
15: So it, it went towards the students um, that were here before COVID hit. So a lot of them that are freshmen and sophomores, when they came into their freshman year, they weren't eligible to get it. it. So anybody that's sophomores, they didn't get it. But anybody that's like juniors and seniors, they should have got it if they signed up for it.
5: Got it. All right. So how so how many folks are here are juniors and seniors? And Y'all didn't get that money, man. Y'all better read those signs uh, again. T- so, so again, so for me, what I would Im- what I would immediately ask is uh, if that's the case, uh, would be again, how was information communicated out? How was it actually shared? Was it actually communicated to parents and to students? She's shaking her head, said it wasn't. That's one of those things to me that I think uh is critically important uh now uh the university they've posted some of their financials uh, on the bethune cookman website uh, y'all can actually go there and check that out uh and uh and so we'll be pulling that as well uh, but 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 that again i think goes back to why you have to have these regular sessions with your with, with your with student body so people are getting the information but people also have got to show up
14: right, right.
5: they got to show up go ahead
14: uh, I was just going to say it's a two-way thing. Like, it's not, it's, it's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. You got to go both ways.
5: Moving forward, um, because the president said they're going to be holding with each class, they're going to be having week, weekly town halls. Um, do you anticipate, again, because people now understand that, that people are going to be more willing to actually uh, engage with, the, with this administration on the critical issues that you face?
15: If I have to go to Faze or Lee Ryan or other these or put flyers on the door and knock on these people door and say, hey, you need to come to this town hall. I will, because this is important. This is how you make a change within your own institution. By going to these people, by going to the president or whoever we're supposed to be talking to and saying the issues that need to be fixed. Now, it's up to them to take what we're saying in consideration to fix it.
2: What exactly are the duties of being a member of the wedding party?
1: All that plus so much more.
2: Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Grown Up Stuff.
2: Snakes,
4: zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
5: Right. Well, but also uh, putting that level of uh, of pressure, it it has to stay on because you can't let up. I mean, that make, cause, but that's, that, that's the whole thing. And again, I, I think one of the things that people lose sight of, when we talk about movements, uh, there are moments and then there are movements. Uh, moments are something that happens for one day, but when you're there every single week, when you're constantly there, uh, and look, I totally understand. I know folks are saying, look, I shouldn't have to do all of this uh, because I should be focused on school, but to your point, if I'm having breathing issues, if I'm having mold issues, if I'm having issues with, uh, rodents, if, if the shower head's not working and lock's not working, I'm telling you right now, I'm giving folk hell every single day, uh, to actually get it done, uh, and showing up, and so. I certainly hope that is the case. Uh, hold tight one second. We're going to go to a break, pay some more bills here, and continue our conversation uh, here at Hope Fellowship Church in at, at Toma Beach. And we're talking for our community forum, talking about Bethune-Cookman University. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Download our app. Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Support our Brina Funk fan club. A check their money over to PO Box 57196, Washington, D.C. 20037 0196. Cash app, dollar sign, RM unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin unfiltered. Venmo is R.M. unfiltered. Zale is rolling at Martin.com. Rolling at unfiltered.com And of course, the book that is scaring white folks all around the country, White Fear, how the Browning of America is making white folks lose their minds. Uh, get your copy at book- bookstores nationwide. Download it on Audible. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 0196 the cash app is dollar sign rm unfiltered paypal is r martin unfiltered venmo is rm unfiltered zell is rolling at rolandsmartin.com
11: next on get wealthy with me deborah owens america's wealth coach listen to this women of color are starting 90 percent of the businesses in this country that's the good news the bad news as a rule We're not making nearly as much as everyone else, but joining us on the next Get Wealthy episode is Betty Hines. She's a business strategist, and she's showing women how to elevate other women. I don't like to say this openly, but we're getting better at it. Women struggle with collaborating with each other. And for that reason, one of the things that I demonstrate in the uh, sessions that I have is that you can go further together if you collaborate. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network.
15: Ha, 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 yeah. Hey, I'm Antonique Smith.
13: What up, Lana Well, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Ha! <laughs>
5: Welcome back to Hope Fellowship Church, Daytona Beach, Florida, for our community forum, Bethune Cookley University. Uh, We, of course, uh, glad to have all of you who are watching. Don't forget to be watching on YouTube. Hit that like button. Some of y'all comment, y'all riding for free, okay? Ain't like we charge you, but hit the like button. Facebook, shared as well. You're watching the Black Star Network app, the exact same thing. Share your comments uh, as well. We certainly appreciate that uh, because it impacts the algorithm, and y'all also know how stuff uh, goes viral. Some of y'all may have seen my conversation last night with that black conservative. Um, he in witness protection today uh, after he unlocked his Instagram account, Twitter account. They've been lighting this behind up but he has to come on. That's what happens when you come on my show and lie. It's never good for you. Uh, and So again, hit that button. We certainly appreciate it. Alright folks, uh, joining us right now a uh, couple of uh, graduates of Bethune-Cookman. Uh, Warnell Johnny Vickers, Jr., a former football player here at Bethune-Cookman. How's it going? Roderick Ziegler, uh, BCU alum. All right. I appreciate that. Now Y'all y- 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 didn't get a, a female alum? Nobody want to talk? See, look at her. Like, she just shot her hand up. Okay, come on. Come on. All right, go ahead and sit down right there. All right, now you, you're going do what's right, I'm gonna be like Prince kicked you off the stage. I'm just messing with them, just messing with you. All right, what's
12: your name? My name is Tundra King, a 1986
5: alum. 1986 alum, all right, cool, all right. So let's, let's, let's first, di- first deal with this here. I asked the president this, and I don't know of any other place I've seen where you have this contentious relationship with alumni and the university. There's lawsuits that's going on. Uh, the president told me last week, alumni giving dropped from 12% to 1%. Uh, that's unheard of, uh, which is absolutely crazy. The national average is only three to 4%. And so to even be below that uh, is crazy. I, I, you know, so how would you turn what's going on? You heard what he said in terms of chapters, uh, not being able to uh, properly track funds, folks looking for Uh, receipts and stuff along those lines. So um, explain to me what's going on in in this relationship with this alumni at this university.
12: Um, It's a very strained relationship. I've been a donor of Bethune-Cookman since I graduated around 1988. 87. I became a police officer. My school was very important to me, and I want to leave a legacy. So I began to give and I've continued to give to this day. I still allow the college with all the woes that we face to take money from my account every month. So when we began to uh, work with the college and we heard about the lawsuit that took place, it was devastating to me. I immediately emailed at that time our interim president, which we've gone through several since that time. It was Hiram Powell. I sent him numerous emails. I sent emails to the board saying, I understand that we went to a different model, but why didn't you notify the alumni to say, we're deciding to take a different route so that we will feel inclusive? And I'm still yet to hear from someone as to the change. Why was the change beneficial? And I heard all kinds of things that the previous alumni weren't giving money. That is a falsehood, if I can say so myself. Can I say lie? It's That's a, a lie. lie. It's a lie. It's not true. We've continued to give. We work hard. I'm in the Broward County chapter. Um, Jackie Shorter is our president. And we work diligently to give back to these students. So don't believe the hype students. The alumni give money. And we will continue to give. So.
8: So,
5: in the previous association, how many chapters were there?
8: Um, several. Uh, I, I know well, about in say, 20,
5: 30, 40 across the least,
8: country? At least 20. Okay. At least. Um, it's about 10 in here now 10 to 15. Palm Beach, Lauderdale, Miami, Orlando. They're here. Um, Roland, all of this could have been avoided had we had proper leadership and leadership that was willing to sit down and talk like mature, professional, educated black people. I said all that because, you know, the fact that we black is very hurtful when you have people from your university calling your job to have you removed because you don't agree with the conditions or certain things that are going on. Solo, that happened to you? Yes, it happened to me. I um I'm a professional. You met me before, Roland. I'm sorry that you don't even remember me, but <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Really? Hey, you here now though, brother. I, I commend you and thank you for coming. Um but but um I'm like I'm, I met two or three people. No, you I'm just, met I'm, me, I'm man. messing with I'm messing you met I'm me messing. before. But but um yes, I used to host the Florida Blue Ballad of Bands for the Florida Classic for about ten consecutive years. And uh, somebody from Bethune-Cookman, my (coughs) alma mater, a black person called to have me removed because I didn't agree with certain things that were going on and I I made it known. And I don't work for Bethune-Cookman, but I'll always be an alumnus to the day I die. And we have have people that are in position and in power and it's very hurtful to see them going about what they do because as an alumnus, I'm used to people like, um, Dr. Oswald Perry Bronson. Now, I'm not saying, and I hold on, I didn't say that. And, 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 first of all, for the folks who are
5: watching at home who don't that, know who that
8: was, that? I, that was my president when I was here. Got it. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you have to be him or be just like him. I said that to say, I'm accustomed. Before him was Richard V. Moore. I'm accustomed, who was the president before him. I'm accustomed. To, to class. I'm accustomed to um, family atmosphere. The, one of the reasons I chose to come to bethune cookman because I parted a lot. I needed somebody to be able to talk to and have, be able to have hands-on experience. And when I was a student here, through my matriculation, I was able to go and make meetings and sit down and talk to my college president. He was out on the yard talking to us, so when we as alumni don't see that now with the current administration and we have an interim president, the second interim president, which came, wait, our third interim president, which came after Dr. Cripe. So we've had four presidents in just about as many years. We're not accustomed to that. So now we're here in this situation and now you have the board of trustees and the school suing it's Alumni Association, the original Alumni Association, which is over 88 years old, which was founded and started by our founder, and then you tell us you're going to try to dismantle us. It ain't happening. It's We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Um, all of this could have been avoided by a simple, and, and, and I know for a fact, I'm not telling you what I heard, I know for a fact that the Alumni Association, which is currently called the Mary McLeod Bethune National Alumni Association, um, they requested a meeting with, at the time, Dr. Hiram Powell, who was our interim president, and, and they requested a meeting and they asked for um, Belvin Perry or a, some members of the Board of Trustees to come to our national convention. We were refused and turned down. Um there was also a lawyer that was called in uh so we could meet have a um mediation that was refused. So all of this it, it seems as though they they pretended like and, and I'm listening to Dr. Drake, it's as though none of this ever happened and everything's gonna be fine. And you, you started this with us and now you're you're making it look like we're the bad guys because we don't like how you're treating us. Alumni have been disregarded. Alumni have been disrespected, and they're trying to throw us out like trash. And it's not going to happen. Wildcat born, Wildcat bred. And when I die, I'll be Wildcat dead. I'm faithful to this school. I'm faithful to Dr. Bethune.
0: The the uh, the president who who uh, Rod so dearly loves is my grandfather. I'm the grandson of Dr. Robinson. And I think one of the things that's happening right now is, from a historical standpoint, right, y'all, from a historical standpoint, that alumni feel kind of like burned. You know, we went through a lot with the Jackson administration, correct? Right? Right? And so the Jackson administration really hurt because that was what put us into such financial straits. Under, we had a surplus when my grandfather retired. We had a surplus when Dr. Reed left. So we had money. It was misused. Then what happened was Dr. Dr. Jackson left. We had uh, Judge Grimes come in as the interim. He led the way for a little bit. No, uh, no uh, permanent presidency. Then we had Dr. Cricht come in. And Dr. Cricht, he helped right the ship, right? It was a hard write, but he helped right the ship. Now, what hurt was that Dr. Cricht only
5: stayed for a year and a half. Well, and, and in my understanding that he was run off
0: yeah
8: data board a board of trustees so it nah, was, nah,
0: that, nah, nah, that, ain't, that ain't what i heard no so that's what was, i know it was it was two things that came out one thing was that he's choosing to leave and another thing was was something else don't don't so don't, don't, no no i, I read because i read two things i read it i read No
5: no 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 no, 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 no like i said i ain't read it don't believe the former he was run off okay
0: but so we have so we have Dr. cry who comes in and writes the ship, but it was a hard right because what happened was, in order to write the ship, a lot of people lost their jobs, a lot of good people. Right. Uh, but 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 when you're facing a massive debt, you yes, you have t- to do that.
5: Hold tight, one second. I got to go to a break. I'm going to pick up on that. When we come back, uh, folks. You're watching uh, this special town hall here in Daytona Beach, uh, community town hall regarding Bethune-Cookman University, right here in Roland. On the Black Star Network, we'll be right back.
6: Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene, a white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence.
5: White people soil. are losing their damn minds
10: Uh, it's Kim Whitley. Yo, what's up? to your boy Ice Cube. Hey, yo, peace world. What's going on? It's the Love King of R&B, Raheem Devon, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. <laughs>
2: Hi, everyone. This is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts.
1: It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting,
2: like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more.
1: Here's a clip from an upcoming episode featuring the weekly home checks, Keyshawn Lane, that you won't want to miss
7: Catch new
2: episodes of Grown Up Stuff, How to Adult every other Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Grown Up Stuff.
4: Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
5: to the break uh, we, 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 were, we were laying the foundation in terms of uh, really how we got to this point and, and, and the reality is this year and that is I mean, you're talking about a whole lot of things that, that have happened and so uh, past is prologue past lays in terms of I understand the anger thing like that but here's the question what now how do you move forward um, you you have an interim president uh, you, but you still have your board of trustees. Uh, as, as I listen to what you laid out, uh, it sounds to me like your fundamental problem still is with the ultimate leaders, which is the board of trustees. So, is is there a is there one trustee who you can communi- who you can, who you're communicating with, talking with, uh, who can serve as um, as someone uh, to help with this?
0: I, pers- I personally um, over the past several weeks, have been in contact with a board member, and they have just kind of laid out, because my issue was, was I felt that this board member was kind of like dismissing what was going on. And but he said, from his perspective, from his perspective, he said that my job is to bring in money. I'm not worried about necessarily all the football, what's going on with that, because the people who I'm after aren't concerned with football. I need to show them what it means, the great Bethune-Cookman University.
5: Well, so, well, well but first of all, if anybody, if, let's be real clear. Uh, if anybody who is a board member makes that statement, uh, that person really should not be a board member. Because... Because, because the reality is a member of the board of trustees is responsible for the entire university. And so what's, what, what they should be communicating is that I care about the health and well-being of the entire university because the reality is when you talk about football or basketball uh, or band, that's actually your most visible assets Park. that serve as a recruitment tool as well. Yes uh and so and and, and I've been communicating again yes. with administration folks, alumni uh, board folks as well and I don't know who the entity is. I don't know whether it's the United Methodist Church, I don't know who it is but uh, there, because I mean look you still look you, this university gets funding from the UMC every year, but there's somebody has to be the grown-up of all grown-ups yes. and say listen we don't need all of this drama, because I can tell you, it's a lot of media folk and got no problem with lots of drama. As what I've heard described here, this might be a real housewives show, or love and hip hop, in terms terms of all the friction back and forth, and that doesn't move the university forward.
0: It doesn't.
12: We believe to to move the university forward, we must get rid of uh, our board chair. Belvin Perry must go. There's, there's no options. There's no getting around
5: it. And but, but the problem you have though is that you, the board, the board has to do that. And so the question is, no, the people
12: have to do that, and that's why we're here. Well, no, 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 general. no. Actually, no, no, no,
5: no, no. It's, but no, th- I'm telling you right now, this is the fundamental problem. Being a private institution, there literally is no entity that's over your board. What, and So now, now. Again, the people can have leverage and influence, right. but in terms of who actually has to make the votes, that's be the other board members. Which raises again, which raises the question: How how are you are or how are you communicating even in public with the other board members to say, "Hey, we need you to speak up and and stand with us," because it seems as if you got folks who are there who don't really want to. Say anything, don't want to get sideways with the chair. And look, the chair tried to come up. He tried to come after me. That wasn't wise. He <laughs> said about five hundred thousand views on YouTube. I'm just saying, it wasn't wise. Uh, but again, this does not do anything to improve the institution.
12: We know it takes the drama. It takes funding to run the university. And with everything that you've heard from the students, the um, parents that are outraged about what's taking place with their young people that are at the university. We know Bethune-Cookman must maintain at least about 2,400 students to stay viable financially. And so it's sad to say that we have to hit them in the pockets before we can make these changes. And I would hate to see the university do that. And so with that, we're gonna keep sounding the alarm and we're gonna try to continue to shine the light, which is why we're here tonight, because we know that they want to remain in darkness. We've been in darkness. You silence your alumni with the lawsuit. You silence your students with an NDA. And so people have been afraid to come forward. Well, I get a good pension. I don't have to wait for Bethune-Cookman to pay me. So we want to sound the alarm for these young people to let them know that we're gonna continue to shine light where there's darkness. We've asked for transparency. We ask as alumni, where's the money going? That's what our signs say out here. We ask for that information. We give money we feel we have a right to see where that money is being dispersed. The students have asked, where is the money going? And it's just, the math ain't mathing, And that's why we're
5: here tonight. So you talk, so in terms of your, to your alumni, have you had a meeting with Dr. Drake?
12: Yes, no. yes, we I, well, the, Dr. Drake had plenty, of what they would call, to me, control fireside chats. You would have to register before you attended the meeting. And once you attended the meeting, I think I was the only one at that time, unfortunately, that voiced some very hard concerns. His claim to fame was that they are not suing the alumni, they're suing the association or the former organization. And what I said to him, what I conveyed to him was, so the alumni, the the association is made up of chickens? No, the association is made up of hardworking alums who give their monies to help these students and other donors that love Bethune-Cookman. So he kind of danced around all the questions. I asked him about some of the mold in the dorms and he blames everything on the hurricanes. Everything gets blamed on hurricanes, so we have a lot of work to do, Bethune
8: Cook. Go, go ahead, Roland, Here's here's what I have to say. Number one, um, we need a leader. Yes. We need a president, yes. not an interim president. We need uh, a president. So, so hold on. On that point, um,
5: there's supposed to be a search committee. Is there any alumni? Is there any alumni and student participation? in this national search? No.
8: no, the national search is being conducted by the Board of Trustees. Traditionally, when we do it, and we've only had to do it a couple of times, we've had a national search, we had a company come in and do the search, and then they pick four or five finalists, Right. alumni were allowed. You know the process, we, alumni were allowed to come and talk to them, ask them questions, and then a president was chosen. But but since Dr. has left, we haven't had a leader. So that's one of the main issues. No. Oh, so
5: the alumni has no involvement in that process. No. None whatsoever. whatsoever. I know
0: at no. least one alumni on the search committee, a Kelvin Maynard. Mm-hmm. He's on the. He, that's 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 we don't on at least one I know.
5: So you said you said oh, there's a, a that's a graduate who's on the search committee. Yes. Has he reported back to alumni about the no. process? Yeah, well,
0: and, there, here's an important part. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Go ahead. No. And um. In and. and there's been so many alumni meetings that have been going on. But in an alumni meeting, he said that we could have done a better job in reporting of what is going on as far as the uh, search. Could, was Has, one of the
5: okay, that. so have they even laid out a timetable in terms of uh, the process? Uh, so, for, you know, for instance, I mean, the interim president, uh, you know, expires, you know, look, J- June 30th. Have they said, hey, by the fall, by uh, by 2020, January 2024, no. we want to have a permanent president in place.
8: They sent out a letter saying that there was a search. But, when uh, was that? To my knowledge, it's probably, it's been a few months ago. Okay. But but to my knowledge, they didn't have a, a, a date or a deadline that I remember. But um, that the other problem is, we, and this is a point I wanted to make too, the other problem that we have is we have so many different factions of alumni. We, not everybody agrees with the majority of the people that are in here. So they have had meetings, but they have them with people that agree with their tactics and their process. They meet with people who are patting them on the back for the bad service that they're getting. And, and I can't help but ask myself the question um, the other day, what, ha- what would have happened if Ed Reed had not done what he did? Or What would have happened if we wouldn't have been able to get in contact with you this same stuff would have been going on So we have we have different alumni and and I want to say this to any alumni that's watching this Whether you agree with the administration or not If we don't come together as alumni students and parents and also faculty and staff we're gonna lose our school (laughs) we're gonna lose our school because there are me personally, this is what I believe. I'm not speaking for anybody else, but I believe um, there are factions that are out to get not only Bethune Cookman, but a lot of our HBCUs. They want to see us fail, and we're helping them fail. What we're doing actually is not helping. We are—we actually have alumni that are in here right now. That and, and, and I know y'all don't want to hear this, but I've been and I've been saying this for years too. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna keep it 100. We have alumni that are in here right now that won't join the alumni association, that won't, won't give money to the school and haven't given money to the school since they graduated. Now part of that is how they retreated while they were students. So we got students that are sitting here that living in molded dorms. Are they going to want to give back when they graduate? They're going to graduate, get their cap and gown and they're going to run and you can't blame them. So we've got, we've got to do something alumni that's counterintuitive. We've got to give and continue to support the school, even Amen. though we don't like the conditions, but find a way also to get a new board of trustees and turn things around for these current students. I've
5: got to, uh, I'm going to go to a break. Uh, I'm going to come back for our final segment here uh, at this uh, community town hall here at Hope uh, Fellowship Church in Daytona Beach. Uh, we're talking about Bethune-Cookman uh, University, one of uh, the more prominent HBCUs uh, in this country and obviously in this state and so we'll continue this conversation uh, right here on roland martin unfiltered on the black star network again download our app you can catch us on youtube facebook instagram other platforms but please download our black star network app uh, available on our apple phone android phone apple tv android tv roku amazon fire tv xbox one samsung smart tv and of course our 24-hour uh streaming channel has launched we're available on amazon news if you have amazon fired simply go to their live news grid and you can actually watch our 24-hour channel There as well, the only black owned, 100% black owned uh, news information network with a 24 hour streaming channel. We'll be right back.
11: Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, listen to this. Women of color are starting 90% of the businesses in this country. That's the good news. The bad news, as a rule, we're not making nearly as much as everyone else. But joining us on the next Get Wealthy episode is Betty Hines. She's a business strategist, and she's showing women how to elevate other women. I don't like to say this openly, but we're getting better at it. Women struggle with collaborating with each other. And for that reason, one of the things that I demonstrate in the uh, sessions that I have is that you can go further together if you collaborate. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network.
5: 0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin unfiltered. Venmo is RM unfiltered. Zell is rolling at rollinsmartin.com.
10: Hi, I'm Israel Houghton. Apparently, the other message I did was not fun enough. So, this is fun. You are watching Roland Martin, my man, unfiltered.
8: <laughs>
2: What exactly are the duties of being a member of the wedding party?
1: All that plus so much more.
2: Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Grown Up Stuff.
5: All right, control room, your feed is frozen, so let me know what's going on. Yes, I'm seeing Israel Houghton frozen. All right. All right, folks, welcome back to uh, Hope Fellowship, our final segment. Um, you, you mentioned, you talked about di- diff- different groups here, and I'm gonna put the questions to you, which I say to the students as well. You can't have 20 or 30 or 50 freshmen showing up to a meeting with the president and you got a 1,000. So when it comes to your alumni, you can't move. You think about the phrase, it's a band, one band, one sound. Um, you, you can't move in that direction if you got folks who are all, all over the place. So how are y'all trying to resolve your alumni differences moving forward? Because if you got a faction over here, they are not financially caring what everybody else can do. And so if you're moving forward and you don't have even a majority of your alumni on board, you're not going to be successful. So how how are you trying to fix that before you make demands of the university dealing with your alumni? And I mean, again, who is that person? Who is that group saying, hey, we got to set our differences aside?
8: Well, we we have a group that started called the Black Rose Project. Um, Mayor McLeod Bethune called all of her students Black Roses. Um, We started the Black Rose Project because during the litigation, the Alumni Association um, was limited at what they could do or say. So the Black Rose Project uh, came together to inform and educate other alumni of what was happening and what was going on. Matter of fact, they can go to the Black Rose Project right now on YouTube. Um, We have like a two hour presentation to to educate and inform people of what exactly was going on. We also are encouraging people to continue to raise money. But the school, when it comes to the Mary McCall Bethune National Alumni Association, they won't even uh, affiliate themselves at all even to take money from us. We, there, there have been a couple of times that I know that they've tried to turn money in for the students and they say we don't want it. So the school is going to have, the administration is going to have to do their part. I believe at, that this is galvanizing the alumni. It's it's awakening a lot of alumni who haven't been active
0: and, and we're going to come together. But the, the school has to do their part too. Um, I think one of the ways that we can bridge that gap is to be able to engage the students. I think there is a, is a breach between alumni and our undergraduates. And to be able to come alongside of our students and say, hey, we have your backs. We understand that there's a lot of different things happening around you. And we've walked through a lot of what you have walked through. But we want to come alongside you. We want to help you. We want to be able to hear your voices, right? And we need to be able, as alumni, to come back and, and you know, gird these young people up and walk with them through this time. And I think with that, uh, when it comes to our younger alumni who are, uh, uh, we are wanting to give, that will help now be in their memory saying, you know what, I remember when but,
5: but here's the deal though. If I want here's okay, here's the deal. If I want to give, I don't know who to give to. So if, if, if you don't have, if you don't have an established Anthony, I need eyes. If you don't have an established conduit, who do you give to? Like, where do you if somebody if a, if a graduate wants to give right now?
8: You called, uh, you, you, if you're a part of the alumni, well, Mary McCroud Bethune Alumni Association, you can give through that organization, but if you want to give as an individual, you can call Ms. Sherry Paramore in the Office of Institutional Advancement, and you can tell them what, how much you want to give, but also where you want that money to go. Now, what happens after that? I don't know, but we can, we can still give, yes. but, We have a lot of work to do, and and I keep saying that. We got to come together as alumni so we can get this resolved. We need a new board of trustees.
12: I think that was part of the school's um, plan was to divide and conquer. So they're well aware of the fact that when they came up with the, they say they're not DSO, they use a DSO model. And I think it was part of the plan to divide and conquer. And with that being said, then now you don't have, people just don't want to give, although I give, I said my money was earmarked for the band and for the gospel choir. I only found out like two years later I thought I was given all that time, the gospel choir said they had not seen one dime of the money. So although I said I wanted and I had an earmarked for a specific cause, it was not. But guess what? In spite of that, I've continued to give to the university I love that was so instrumental in making me who I am today. So I think we could, can continue to give to our local chapters or we can follow through like I do every so often to make sure my funds are going to where it's earmarked to be.
5: Well, and, and look, the reality is there are people all around the country who, who make donations uh, to charities and they follow up. They, they, they follow up to make sure that, hey, this is where I said I wanted to go and this is where it needs to go. Uh, final comments. Go ahead.
0: We got to come together. Point blank. Period. We are Bethune Cookman. We carry Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune's legacy. We are her black roses. We are her beautiful black children. We do not let her legacy fall to the ground. I don't care. I don't care how much you don't like whoever at the top. It don't matter. We carry the legacy no matter what. My final
8: comment is: Join the MMBNAA. Continue to support Bethune Cookman because the students and our school needs it. And we need to continue this. This is this is a good start. Thank you, Roland, for coming. Uh, shout out to Bishop Triplet for having us here. And I gotta be slick, Roland, and give a shout out to Omega Fi Fraternity Incorporated.
5: Uh, we don't we don't mind youth groups. <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you so
12: much, uh, Mr. Roland. I sent you about four 400- hundred. Inboxes, DMs, texts, all that. So thank you so much for allowing us to come and to be heard. Um, I'm so thankful for every face that's in the place because that means you care about the well-being of Bethune-Cookman. Find a student and pour into that student. And then that student pours into the next student so that we can keep this legacy alive. And shout out to the members of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. And for free.
5: So... So let me, um, let me, first of all, let me thank you. Let me thank the students as well. Uh, Bishop, thank you very much as well. I, uh, uh, when the other church canceled, uh, on, they took a vote. Uh, I hit my man, Pastor Jamal Bryant, and he, he said, call Bishop. Uh, and I was in Denver last Friday uh, getting an award there, and I called him, and he said, absolutely, we'll be glad to host this, and so I appreciate uh, doing so. Let, let me say this as a final word. Um, you can be present or you can have presence. And as I listen to the students and alumni, as I've talked to folks, administration as well, uh, this is a moment when leaders are supposed to lead. I sat down with President Drake earlier. He's the interim president. But let me be perfectly clear who I'm speaking to right now. I'm speaking specifically to you, Board President Belvin Perry Jr. You are the board chair. You are supposed to lead. You are a retired judge. Your job is to bring folks together. If there was a jury that was deadlocked, you would tell them to go back and keep deliberating. You cannot be the leader of a board of trustees and have this level of dissension Within this university, you cannot have students and alumni and folks saying you are the problem. If that many people are saying you are the problem, then you need to look into a mirror and ask yourself, why am I the problem? This is a moment when leaders can't just be present, but, but must have presence. You can't be scared to come in here. You can't be scared to talk to faculty and alumni. You can't be scared to talk to students and parents because these are constituents. You are not a dictator. Now, somebody told me, they said, oh man, you're going hard on the, on the president. He's your alpha brother. Let me be real clear. That means nothing to me. This is about saving an institution. So what is needed are for folks to put egos aside, to put petty personal differences aside, and to actually say, how can we stand together to save an institution? Because it would be a shame for Dr. Dr. McLeod Bethune and all these black folks who have had blood, sweat, and tears to keep the university open to be having these problems in 2023. So I challenge you, Board President, Board Chair Perry, have the guts to have some presence and to lead. And don't hide, don't run, but actually take some accountability and lead. And if you can't lead, get out of the way and let somebody else lead. Those are my final comments. Uh, y'all gonna close that with your school song, go!
7: Video looks phenomenal. See this the difference between Black Star Network and Black Owned Media and something like CNN. You can't be Black Owned Media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Pull up a chair. Take your seat. At the Black Tape with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network every week will take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network.
9: Hi, I'm Dr. Jackie Hood-Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie.